This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hi, this is Iana, Adeline, and Lija from the Padawan Report. And you're listening to the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. May the force be with you. Hey, Scarif listeners, this is Ro, and thank you for tuning in, and big thanks to the Padawans of the Padawan Report for that lovely intro, my favorite podcast family, the Gore family, and a big thanks to Marisha, who accompanied us on last week's show, Costumes in Science Fiction and Fantasy. We had a good time talking about our favorite costumes, and there surely are many to choose from. So I hope you guys and gals were able to catch that show, episode 63, on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, available on most of the popular podcatchers. And you'll find us and Marisha on Coruscant Radio Underground and thesciencefictionary.com at red5network.com. So this week we're starting a short series of scary episodes if you like that sort of thing or if you like things that go bump in the night, starting right now with episode 64, Cursed Movie Sets. This will be the first of a few shows where we explore horror and being scared as moviegoers. We've already had some great discussions on Twitter, so thank you very much for your input. So filmmaking is a complicated process and things can happen, whether it's bad management of crews, rushing a production, or something more nefarious like omens, bad luck, and family curses that affect production if you believe that sort of thing. And while recording this episode with our newest patron, Frank402 on Twitter, Chantel and Frank had some issues of their own that might seem a bit mysterious in its own right. Cursed podcast? User error? Or something more? So I hope you're listening to the show in the dark as we start this special group of Scare If podcasts. See what I did there? Take it away, Scuttle Buddies. Welcome, everyone, to uh, Scare of Podcast. Uh, this is actually a special episode today because it's just me. I've completely taken over, and I am coming straight to you from what I like to call the gateway to Narnia, a.k.a. my closet. Um, today is actually really special because I have brought on board a um, friend of mine that I've actually reconnected with recently during this crazy pandemic, Um, so we decided to get together to do today's episode regarding movie curses. And I thought that this was a really great topic. And I think this actually might've been suggested by you, Frank. So first off, I just want to go ahead and, um, hand it over to you for a second, just so you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, right into the fire. Okay. Uh, well, um, see, what can I tell you about myself? Well, uh, I think uh, the closest thing that I can say first is uh, I think before I learned how to walk, I was already watching movies. Uh, my earliest memory of what is watching a movie. Uh, it's not like me walking or me talking or me saying mom or dad is like <laughs> I remember watching movies. And um, it's just been, you know, one of the great joys of my life, you know, people always say like, Oh, what's, you know, like, what are you passionate about? Like, what's your, what's your thing that you really, really love and enjoy? I'm like, it's movies. Movies have been, you know, 
the thing that um, <clears throat> through everything in my life, I've been able to, you know, gravitate to, and it's always there. You know, movies uh, help you escape from the things of the world that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a little thing about me. Um, I'm from Miami, Florida. Yep, fellow Miamian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm married. I have a uh, one-and-a-half-year-old son who's actually about to turn two in May. Happy early uh, birthday. Uh, yeah, so he's, you know, he's such a handful, but uh, <laughs> I love him to death. And uh, he's, you know, it's been just one of the brightest moments uh, for me this past year over anything else. Um, but yeah, um, as far as like my nerdism, as I like <laughs> to say it, uh, I am a huge Star Wars fan. I have my mandalorian hat on right nice, now nice nice um but uh my go-to movie my go-to trilogy mm -hmm. my, my my trilogy you know i love star wars you know it's the trilogy but my trilogy is the back to the future trilogy yes uh, if, if anybody that's ever met me know me or uh we've crossed paths in life you know that back to the future is my movie it's like i will i can quote it from beginning to end, all three movies, my wife says it's the most annoying thing in the world because every time we're watching it on TV, I am constantly quoting the movie. But that sounds like me with say? many movies. So, so but you know what can I say? I love it's. No, that's, it's, I mean that's what it means to be a nerd. We really, really, really absorb this stuff so. and take it to heart. So. So before I keep on rambling, I'm just really excited about this topic um, yeah. that we're going to be talking about because this is a topic that, you know, I was like, man, like, it'd be so awesome to talk about this, you know, even though the subject is not very awesome because, right, obviously, right. you know, some of these, <laughs> some of these movies do have uh, curses and things that have happened in the movies that obviously, you know, tragedy has struck. Right. Um, but it's just one of those things that it's like, it's just kind of makes you we really love a good think. story yeah Correct. and we also exactly. yeah we also love a and good then you story you kind of wonder i'm like is it is it really a curse does it have right. to do more with like fate or was it just you know just pure negligence and stuff that just could have been totally avoided right right you know I totally so agree. i'm very very excited to get into this subject yeah no and i really appreciate you coming on and uh that yeah, this is going to really be a lot of fun. So uh, one of the things that I really want to start out with is um, it also seems like you're like me. You also seem to very much be a horror fan. I know you have recommended uh, Shudder to me many times. Yes. Um, I have yet to go ahead and take a look, but I definitely want to take a look because it's all horror encompassing. And I think you even said that there's a really good uh, documentary on that app. So I'll have yes. to check that out. Yeah, actually... Uh... And this is my Shutter plug because I love Shutter. I've watched <laughs> it. You know, it's gotten me through many, many, many of days. Um, but yes, there is a. If you do go into Shutter, you can get it onto Amazon Prime. Um, there is a doc series, uh, which actually they're going to be coming out with season two. I think either in April or May of this year, where they primarily discuss curses in movies. Oh, 
in oh, certain cool. movies. So they have, I think, five episodes, which I think mm-hmm. um, most of them are actually going to be discussed tonight. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, be on the lookout for it. I, it is such an amazing documentary, uh, and it really gives you insight of just like, you know, were movies cursed or was it something else? Right. And um, but yes. I'm I definitely going to check that out. I'm definitely going to yes, check that out. It is so. It is. It is such an amazing documentary, and I like me and my wife, and my wife knows about this. I love watching documentaries. I just like there's just something about documentaries. I know when you you just dive into history of like right. whatever it is, it's like it's just like it's kind of just opens your eyes, yeah. and you know it's just stuff that you thought you knew but you really didn't. Especially when it comes to movies, because especially for me, I, yes, I love watching them, but at the same time, a lot of the times when I'm watching a movie, I am so focused on also, you know, how did they do that scene? How did they film this? How did they film? You know, I am always also very much into, I guess, if you want to call it the engineering aspect, because I've always been the kind of person that likes to take things apart and put things back together. So yeah, I know I definitely love a good documentary and, but, um, to, uh, get this started off. Um, I think I, I think I uh may have lost you there. You're offline. A second. Actually, this is great for those. If, uh, Roe wants to include this, uh, very apropos for what's going on right now um we actually had to hit pause for a second because our connection failed so i guess you could say this episode in itself is now cursed so um wow okay well that's weird it's like there are forces trying to prevent us from talking about all this and as i said on twitter is this all just a bunch of hocus pocus but after just going through that i guess not um So what I was actually going to dive into is I thought maybe, you know, we could maybe start obviously with some of our favorites. And uh, if anyone knows me very well, and I'm sure from all my rantings and ravings on Twitter, uh, then you'll know that The Exorcist is my absolute 100% favorite horror movie of all time. I don't think, I know, I get it, it's from the 70s, but whatever. I still think it holds up. I still think it's plenty scary. And this might be a bold statement, but I really don't think there will ever be anything that could top that for me. I have to I have to agree with you on that. I um, I actually saw The Exorcist in movie theaters. They actually did a re-release. Uh, I want to say back in 2003, 2002, they did a re-release. And um, I actually went with a bunch of my friends mm-hmm. and I had seen The Exorcist. I had seen right. it before when, as, a, as a young child and I told myself, why did I watch that movie? It just like – I, like I didn't want to sleep. I didn't want to sleep without a crucifix and holy water. <laughs> um, so I actually saw it in movie theaters and it's just like it's such a different experience when you're watching it in the movie theater than watching it at home. When, when like other people's reaction to certain scenes in the movie, it just makes it – that much better it's so true and like those type of movie like like i always say like horror movies like you know you got your michael myers you got your freddy cougars you got your jason Voorhees. but we all know that those are 
obviously make-believe characters. Right. You know, we know that they don't exist. But when you're talking about things like the devil. Right. And you're talking about things like that. Or demons like, invading or your demons. body. Right. Exactly. Those are the type of things where you're like, you know, you could be a religious person. You could, you could not be a religious person. But, you know, there's always that, you know, is there the devil or are demons real? You know, those type of things. And like, you know. It could get pretty scary. Right. And especially scary, the aspect especially. of you have no control. This is a higher power, a higher being. I mean, so that was also one of the things that makes this movie so frightening is that not only is it happening to a per it's happening to this young girl and, and that makes it all the worse too. And of course, yeah, I've seen plenty of videos of people filing out of the theater and fainting and just being completely aghast as to what they saw to the point where they even thought that Linda Blair herself was actually possessed, which is awful and made it, you know, hell for her, no pun intended. Yeah. But um <laughs> Which is actually kind of funny thinking about it, like she wasn't even the one really doing all And that's those true too. Yeah, I know you demonic things. Right. You bring up a great point. You know, a lot of so the like, stuff that she says, it's not even really coming from her. It was her stand in just because of the subject matter, so, obviously. So actually her stand in is probably the one we we, we have to feel the no, most exactly. sorry about because she had to deal with all that stuff. Um but yeah going back to going back to the movie, it's just like, you know, you see this, you know, this little girl. You know, she's not even I think a teenager in that movie. Right. And and her curiosity, like like the funny thing about the movie is, it's like it really delves into the curiosity, because she was obviously a child from a divorced family, right. living with her mom in a new city, and the simplest of things, which was she played a game, right. she played with the Ouija board, and that just opened the door. Yeah. That's one of the things like, you know, like I, it's funny because they still have Ouija boards nowadays. You could get them in like Target and Walmart. Right. And, and I'm just like, I would completely stay away from oh, it yeah. because I just feel like the minute you invite something in, it's like, it's really hard. Get, like that door can't close. Oh, it's like you just, you, you just open something completely up. Yeah. And that's what I feel like, you know, happened with that movie, you know, that she just, she opened the door and then there it is yeah yeah captain howdy you know that uh <laughs> that's a phrase that anytime i hear that i automatically okay yep you're talking about the exorcist and yeah i'm with you i mean even the one that's like made by mattel like <laughs> just you know it sounds silly maybe to some people but you know even if you don't like you said totally believe in it there is something about messing with certain things and I guess also a lot of that just comes from history and, you know, the witch trials and things like that. So, you know, I guess that's yeah. all kind of embedded in us. But but at the same point, you know, we say that we don't believe these things or some people might say that we don't believe these things. But then you're given this evidence and testimonials from people on these sets, you know, with, you know, especially with this one in particular with The Exorcist. I mean... Right off the bat, shooting was delayed. The set got caught on fire that was supposed to be yeah. their home. I mean. Mm -hmm. I, but mind you, the only room that was not damaged was Linda Billiard's room. There you room. go. So it's, so it's so hard to 
dismiss that, you know, psychologically, we just, I feel like it is just that difficult to dismiss those kinds of things because it's just so strange. No, it is. It's very strange. And just like, you know, like you talk about like how it started with the fire, you know, pretty much destroying most of the set, except the room, the room where pretty much the majority of the battle and the majority of the story takes place. Mm -hmm. And then you have other instances of, of people like two people actually died, right? Two people actually died while the movie was being made. And then you have, um, uh, Linda Blair and, uh, her mother, I'm going to mess up her main name, but I know it's like Ellen Birkin. I think her name is right. I want to say, uh, she, uh, there's a one scene where, um, she walks into the room and obviously uh, she's possessed and she's with the crucifix. Right. I'm, I'm not going yeah, to go anymore. I think we all know. <laughs> uh, we all know. And then uh, there's a scene where she hits her mm-hmm. back and like she falls back and you right, know, all right. that stuff. Well, what, what people don't know is that she had a, she had a harness on her, on her. And then um, when she got hit, you know, it was supposed to pull her, right. you know, to, um, to give the effect of her, like, you know, her daughter being possessed, mm-hmm. you know, having the strength to knock her out. Um, she actually um, messed up her back really yes. bad. Like she actually, I think, broke her yeah, back she down did. that scene. Yeah, you're right. So like when you see that that scene and you see her on the floor, like kind of like almost like writhing in pain, that's real. <laughs> that is not acting, you know? folks. No, it's not true. Acting. It's not. I mean, and then, you know, it's one of those things and like, you know, people are saying like, oh, you know, but you, you can't say that, oh, that's cursed. And I'm like, you know. It's kind of a couple of instances in that film where it's just like, how? I mean, maybe you could say, okay, maybe it's not a curse, but you know, something was at play there, right? Because you're once again, we go, we go back to the sense of like you're inviting things in, right. you know, you're opening that door, and you know, things happen on set, right? So, I mean, and I mean, it was so much to the point where I believe it was definitely one of these movies where they did have a priest that blessed the set which I can totally understand. And not only that, but this is, you know, anytime I watch a movie, even if I've read the trivia previously a hundred times, anytime I sit down and watch a movie I've seen a hundred times, I'll always sit there and reread the trivia. So I've read the trivia for the exorcist countless times. It's ridiculous. And one of the things that's always been said, which is so funny to me, considering that we have a movie now like the ring about a VHS tape being, you know, VHS tape being passed around and passing on this curse. There has always been, it's been always been said that the movie is so cursed. It is literally within the celluloid of the film. And just by merely projecting this movie, you are essentially almost passing down the curse. I mean, this movie was actually banned, I believe, in the Middle East. I mean, it goes very far. And especially, like you said, if you are a religious person, even more so, this feels all the more, you know, let me not touch this kind of thing. Well, you had people, I like, like every time I watch documentaries about horror movies or watch documentary about curses of movies, this movie always comes up and you have people with the footage of people actually coming out of the movie theater and fainting. Right. That it was just like so much of a shock to them that they, that they never thought that this could have happened. And then I remember reading about like how the director, um, how he, you know, took things that have happened in real life and he put it in the movie. Right. Like, you know, the exorcist is not directly based on a little girl being possessed, but it is about a, a boy. boy being possessed. Mm-hmm. 
So there are aspects of that film where it's like, you know, yeah, it's a movie, but it's based on things that happen in real life. In 24 selected engagements in the United States, William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist opened. Well, you've heard about all those reports about The Exorcist and uh, the trouble it's causing, people fainting and so forth. I went to check it out. The manager of the National Theater in Westwood says that there indeed are at least a dozen people who faint or become ill during every showing. I don't like it. I want to go home. It makes my heart beat too fast. No. Why was that? I'm not going back in there. She turned her head around. Oh, yes. <laughs> Probably the grossest thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's weird. She turned her head around. <laughs> God, I was so scared. The bed was shaking. It was her back. Then I went her voice changed. Oh my God, I've never done anything like it. It just scared me to death. Things just like this just—it just, just get really scared me to death. I guess it was when she was talking to Devil's voice. Oh. Oh God, I can't believe it. Keep away. That's always mine. Are you going to go back in and see more of the movie now? Probably, yeah. Hello there. And all those things just come from real experiences in life. And those are the type of things that people, you know, like when we go back to like horror movies, you know, people say like, oh, Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers. Yeah, those are scary movies. But the truth and true events based on, you know, with horror movies, mm -hmm. that's a, that's another level of scary. Right. And, and again, you're also talking about, you know, comparing a physical being, someone that, you know, you can presumably kill, even though Michael Myers and Jason mm -hmm. keep coming back. Uh, I guess Freddy Krueger is probably the only one that maybe is a little bit more along the lines of, you know, delving into the exorcist just because, Again, there's that whole that whole notion of invasion and not having any control that something is literally taking over your body or your mind. Like the thought of not being able to go to sleep because Freddy Krueger is going to come get you. That is a scary yeah. fucking thought. I mean, it really is <laughs> the thought of something like that taking hold of you. Well, you know what I mean? Well, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, once again, based on something that Wes Craven read about. Based on something that he read in a in a newspaper about a boy who was so terrified of going to sleep that he would just not, and he would you know he would have cups of coffee wow. by his bedside, and he would you know do everything he possibly can until one night he fell asleep. His parents thought, oh, he finally fell asleep. They put him to bed, and the next day wow. he was dead. Wow. You know they couldn't understand. You know they thought that. Hit, you know something in his sleep killed him but you know those you know those type of things come back to like you know those are stuff that happened in the 70s and 80s and then obviously now in this day and age you know things like you know you know diseases mental illness right. you know they've you know they've progressed so much more because now we have an understanding of you know what was going on back then which you know but then obviously back then we had no idea we thought you know that the kid was crazy right yeah it's true um, now, uh, I think uh, one of the movies that kind of started all this, which I think is probably also one of the most famous curses, is, of course, The Crow. Um, absolutely love that movie. That was one of, I actually grew up in kind of um, 
I guess a little bit of a strict household. My parents really stuck to those MPAA ratings like crazy. <laughs> so, you know, even when I was 13, I still could only watch certain PG-13 movies depending on what the content was. But yeah. that's cool. It's okay. Gives me the chance to go back and just watch a bunch of stuff anyway. But um, that was one of those movies that, of course, you know, at my grandparents' house, they're not really watching what my sister and I are doing. We have full access to the remote and, you know, I, I was maybe, maybe 11 or 12 years old and the crow was on TV one day and I decided to watch it. I did not get a chance to go and rewatch it before this, but I just know like that was a movie that really <clears throat> stuck with me. And every time I hear someone mention it or, you know, or it's been on TV or even i pass by it on tv that's always the first thing i think of is i just can't believe that he is gone so uh, yeah yeah what are you supposed to be a clown or something sometimes it's more like surfing than skating i wish the rain would stop just once can't rain all the time eric i remember vividly when i saw the crow I was on vacation with my whole family and we were, we were staying in a hotel and then my cousins were a little bit older than me decided like, Oh, we're going to watch a movie on TV. And I think it would just like, like this is back in the day uh, for you kids that were not born in the nineties, you would sometimes have to pay uh, with a credit card to watch a program on TV. You would have to dial a number and order the movie. Uh, it's not like streaming where everything is just a click away. Um, so they were watching the movie and mind you, I was at the time, a uh, movie came out, I think in 1994. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think it's like 95, I want to say 95 when it finally came out on, um, VHS and you could watch it online right. or on, on the TV. I was, I was nine years old when I saw that movie wow. for the first time. And that movie struck a chord with me because obviously like I watched it and I thought like this is a horror movie. Like that was my first instinct. Like, oh, it's a horror movie. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. And then when somebody explained to me saying, oh, you know the guy who played the crow? Yeah, he's dead. I was like, what? I was like, oh, no, I never want to see this movie again. But then, you know, obviously, you know, you grow up. And the funny thing about that movie was what really brought me into that movie was the soundtrack. The soundtrack to that movie to me is amazing. I love it. It had some of the best music. Uh, so then I started listening to the soundtrack and then I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give that movie a try. So then when I started watching it and then obviously I was a little bit older. I understood more about the movie. And the one thing I understood about the movie was Brandon Lee was the son of Bruce Lee. Right. And since I can remember, I am a huge Bruce Lee fan. I thought Bruce Lee to me was like, if I could probably have one person I would want to meet that was dead or alive, it would be Bruce Lee. Yeah. Because his philosophy on life and his philosophy on just like everything in general, you know, he was just such – he was such ahead of his time. And and he was another one just like Brandon Lee that was taken way too soon. Right. Like I think that he could have just done so much good for this world. Um, so then I like I watched the movie and I was just so like – hooked on it like it became one of my like and it's kind of hard because when my wife always asks me like what are your top 10 movies and i always have such a hard time obviously like i put back to the future <laughs> each one of them one two three is you know on there 
But The Crow is one of my top 10 movies because of the simple fact of, you know, just like the beauty of it. it is such a beautiful movie. Like just everything about it, like the cinematography, the soundtrack, um, the acting, you know, had very, you know, obviously it was Brandon Lee's, it was supposed to be his breakout right. movie. You know, he'd done some movies, supposed to be the one that was going to propel him into stardom. And then, you know, it's so much, so much good in that movie. Um, and then obviously, yeah, you know, touching on what you said, you know, you know, his life tragically ended in that movie. And it, it just made that movie just even more of a, like, like, wow. Yeah. It's like kind of like the way that people now think of when they watch The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger. Yep. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, he he had this amazing performance and then it was just cr- tragically cut short. You start to think, God, um, what else could we have gotten hey, out of this, uh, you know, out of this artist, essentially? Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know. What we didn't get from the artist, we got from his art, which was the movie. Right. You know, because if you watch the movie now, which, uh, like I said, if you ever get a chance, watch the documentary Cursed Movies on Shudder, mm-hmm. on how they took so many things from that movie and they use it nowadays, like certain shots and certain angles and certain that. It's like it, 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 the movie was very ahead of his time and then like it was one of the first ever you know obviously he had the batmans mm-hmm. and supermans that started in the 80s but it was like one of the first ever graphic novel movies yeah. like gra- you know it's like so crazy but um yeah it was such a powerful movie and then like brandon lee you know uh you know i just fell in love with his character of eric draven in the movie and Obviously, you know, the curse of the movie, you know, we'll obviously delve into that right now, you know, since we're talking about it. You know, obviously everybody knows about that, you know, they put a a fake cartridge in there and it was lodged in and, you know, uh, but one of the things about that, that scene that nobody knows is is that it was not supposed to be a gun at the beginning. It was actually supposed to be a knife. Right. So he was actually supposed to be coming in. And then a knife was supposed to be thrown, but then the director says, you know what, but a knife is not, no, it should be a gun. And then obviously one thing led to another and the prop gun was brought in and that's what happened. But it is, it is one of the saddest pieces of trivia that I've read and any, and every time I read it, it it really saddens me because again, it becomes that thing of, especially he was so young. This was going to be his breakout role. And it was just, you know, God, you know, like what he's about to get married. I know. It's like, what else were we going to get from this guy? You know, same thing, you know, like with river Phoenix, like, you know, all these actors that their lives get cut short it sucks. Way before, yeah. And, and of course, we always talk about Brandon Lee. And yes, it is, it is absolutely tragic, uh, you know, that we lost Brandon Lee and to such a strange freak accident. But I also always do think about the prop master, whoever it was that actually was the one who dealt with the gun and 
you know, I've read so many times, I think his name is Michael Massey or something like that, where he stopped acting, I believe for like a year, he felt such immense guilt over the whole incident. And so I always think about that too. You have, it's so yeah. it's twofold. Cause I can only imagine it's kind of like that survivor's guilt kind of thing. It's like, how would you, how, like, how can you live with yourself knowing that even though, um, everybody tells you it wasn't your fault, Ugh. but you are responsible for somebody, you know, losing their life. Exactly. You know, even though it was not your fault, you know, it was negligent on so many things about that movie. You know, uh, the things that I've read about that movie, that movie was doomed from the start. Right. There were so many things that, like somebody got electrocuted on set. And then I, uh, the people, like the directors and producers, they wanted to stop filming, you know, because they're like, you know, this is, you know, because I think a hurricane had just come through or like a hurricane was coming through a big humongous storm. But then, you know, um, the, the higher ups, you know, they were saying, no, you know, keep going with the movie. And then I remember uh, vividly reading one of the quotes saying one of the people came on and said, it's not like anybody died. Can you imagine? And then right then and there, I just said, like, I can't believe they said that. And then, lo and behold, you lose your star. Yeah. And then, obviously, you know, going going back to you know with Brandon, it, it you know people uh, you know right off the bat when he was uh, killed on set, you know, it's the it's the Lee family curse, you know, because obviously right. uh, his dad Bruce Lee, you know, died while filming uh, Game of Death. You know, he had just finished. Um, Enter the Dragon, which was going to propel him right. into stardom in America because he was already a star mm -hmm. in in China. You know, he had made his name there. People, you know, but he want, he said, I wanted to make my name in America. So he came into America and he made Enter the Dragon. And then he was, you know, it was going to propel him to, you know, to be this, this action star, this Hollywood actor, you know. And then while making Game of Death, you know, um, he dies, and, and and then people just want to equate that with, with 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 a curse, right? And that goes right back to, you know, what we were saying is, you know, even if you don't maybe necessarily believe in this stuff, you know, for instance, as much as I love horror and you know I'm a huge you know Halloween queen, I am also not one who feeds into the bullshit of Friday the Thirteenth. But then you hear things like this, especially with the fact that, you know, Brandon Lee died, you know, because of this, but then also his father did. So it's, it really is strange. How on earth can you possibly dismiss something like that, you know, when you have something yeah. like that? And, oh, it, it is, it's such a tragedy. That's why, mm. yeah, that's why no, I say every time... I think about that movie, that trivia, that piece of, piece of trivia just always makes me so sad. No, it is. It's, it's, it's very sad. And then, you know, just, you know, both of them, like father and son in the prime of their life, right. about to make stardom and then just tragedy. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, and then, you know, you want to say like, oh, you know, they were cursed, you know, because they were saying that like, oh, uh, Bruce Lee, I think in one of his movies, got hit with the Den Mock, right. which is supposed to be the killing billow. Uh, and then Brandon, you know, he inherited that from his father because his father had this. Um, I don't know if you uh, if you ever watched the um, the movie that they made about Bruce Lee Dragon, no. the Bruce Lee story that they made in the '90s. Well, basically, they said that uh, 
you know, his parents before he was born, they, he actually had a brother, but his brother died during childbirth. And they said that the reason that he died during childbirth is because there was this demon Mm -hmm. that takes away the firstborn son and that his parents, they actually had to dress up Bruce Lee as a girl because they wanted to fool the demon to not, to not take him too. And then his father was just so paranoid about it that they actually sent him to America to say like, you know, to keep away because, you know, he's going to come after you and just things like that, you know, like, like you like inherited from your parents where you believe that type of stuff where it's like his, his parents believe that there was this demon, this curse that was going to take him away. And then, you know, years later, obviously it did, you know, you know, he did die. And then years later after that, his son. So it's like one of those things where like spooky stuff. It is. It's It's very spooky. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like. It's a head scratcher. It's, it's, it is a very head scratcher. It is like, it gives you goosebumps. It gives you the chills. But at the same point, you're kind of like, no, it can't be. Or, but at the same point, there's that little voice in you're like, man, that's really frightening. (laughs) God. No, it is. It is. Yeah. So, and, um, you know, speaking of back to actually what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, inviting things in and things like that, uh, another movie of mine that has been heavily cursed is um, The Poltergeist, which Poltergeist is one oh, of yes. my, Poltergeist is definitely another, that's like another like top five horror movie for me for sure. Um definitely I consider it a Spielberg film I know there's always been a debate about whose movie it actually is but since he did the majority of it I will always consider it a Spielberg film and if for those who maybe don't know uh Poltergeist is you know a movie about this family that uh basically the entire uh development housing development that they're living in is built on an Indian burial ground and of course, their youngest daughter always has to be a kid. There's always something so frightening about things like that happening to a child because they're so defenseless. Carol Ann, uh, of course, unfortunately, <laughs> is sucked into the television and taken by a poltergeist that's invading their house. And unfortunately, uh, the main act- actress uh, from that movie, Heather o- O'Rourke, even though she was able to yeah. complete all three movies unfortunately she did have a very rare disease apparently that did take her life and yeah. it's yeah again they, another they had originally diagnosed her right they had originally diagnosed her with uh crohn's disease mm-hmm. and then um uh it was just one of those instances where it's just you know it was like a, um i guess like it was some sort of like it was actually um if I remember correctly, it was something that she was born with. Right. And then um, it would just uh, accumulate, um, you know, And it was almost like too – yeah, and it almost was like too late also, I feel like. Um, exactly. And the then, time- And then pretty much – yeah, and then and then she, you know, it, it erupted, and then she, you know, became septic, and she passed away. Right. And, you know, those are – you know, that one uh, – I remember when I was a kid as well, you know, I remember watching Poltergeist because – you know, like I was a big Spielberg fan. I love Spielberg. 
Um, and I'm like, oh, Spielberg, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. And then when I watch Poltergeist, I'm like, this isn't Indiana Jones. <laughs> Poltergeist. It knows what scares you. It just goes so beyond um, Heather O'Rourke, which was obviously a tragic, you know, another beautiful life right. taken way too soon. Um, but the one that always gets to me is, um, you know, uh, Dominique Dunn. Dunn. Yes. Oh. Um, which is, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if many people know this, but her brother and his name escapes me. Um, he was actually, uh, he played um, Jack in American Werewolf in London. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He was, he was the, he was the one, uh, the friend that would, um, that was killed and he would show up. And right, 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 right. Tell Dave like, oh, you need to, you need to die, you know, before you become a werewolf. Um, you know, those are tragic things as well. You know, she was essentially strangled to death by her boyfriend. Yeah. And, it's one of those things where like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, like that's, that's a tragic, you know, obviously this guy has some sort of mental issues and, but then it gets even crazier, you know, in part one, when you find out that, um, the infamous scene in the movie where, um, um, Carol Ann's mother is in the pool and then all these bodies show up, the skeletons show up, um, and then people find out later on that, oh, those skeletons were real. You know, every time I read that trivia, and I love Spielberg, I'm with you, I do. He's responsible for a lot of great 80s movies that I adore. And of course, sprinkle in there a couple of stuff from the 90s. But let me tell you something. And I'm sure I've also tweeted about this many times. I uh, get so pissed off and so upset for Joe Beth Williams every time I read that. And I don't think she actually knew until afterwards. And she was so pissed. And I am genuinely, I'm getting upset now. I am genuinely <laughs> pissed for her. And I, I love you, Spielberg, but I probably would have slapped him across the face. And you know what? They are lucky that things actually, you know, I mean, yes, of course, people did die, you know, and a lot of these deaths, you know, did occur after these movies wrapped up. But one of the other things that I've read, which always has frightened me also, which could have ended tragically if this curse really wanted to go any further, was those pool scenes were also super frightening for her because there was a lot of electrical equipment and she was yeah. petrified to get in there. Just God forbid some of that equipment landed in the pool and then forget it. She's electrocuted. And Steven Spielberg actually got into that pool with her. So luckily it didn't go that way. But, um, and then of course I think even um, uh, Zelda Rubenstein, I think also, I mean, she also died, and of course that that also, you know, even no. further, you know, just fuels that fire of that this entire movie is cursed just because yeah. so many people well, the passed one, away. Well, the one also, yeah, the one also part of that movie was, was what obviously uh, tormented me my entire life to this day was the clown. Oh, 
the yes, little toy clown, yes. which I don't know if people know, but that toy clown malfunctioned. <laughs> that clown was, you know, that was a robotic clown. It was right. supposed to be, you know, you know, something that, you know, they could control. Right. Something happened and that toy was actually choking that little oh kid. My God. Which people are like, like, oh, you got to be. I'm like, no, look it up. Look it up. Where that little, like, that's where my fear of clowns comes in. I'm like, I'm like, people said like, oh, was it it? I'm like, it, it had It's one of the it. two. It's always, it's pretty much one of the two. Yeah. It's it, but it was that clown. Oh my God. It's like, I... I like I can never have a clown anywhere near me. I will just go crazy. I will go ballistic. I'll like get that clown out of here. No, sorry, but yeah, no. Uh, just like things like that. It's like it's like you know something just happened and like something malfunctioned. Like you know, you know, God forbid that that kid could have died. Right, right. And then you had um, also in Poltergeist two, two of the characters, two of the main mm-hmm. characters from that movie. Right as production ended, they both passed away. The, the the one that played uh, Reverend Kane, right. which by far the scariest yes. thing about that entire movie. Yes, it's like it's like when he's knocking on that door and he's singing that little. It's like Jesus loves the little chill. I'm like, oh my. He is beyond oh, creepy. You're gonna die in there, all of you. You are gonna die. Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, The Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V, big thanks, and a returning patron in the Executor tier, 97 Bravo, huge respect my friend, we thank you all for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scareofscuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. I've seen Poltergeist multiple times, but I've actually have only seen the second one once. Because he does creep me out so much that I'm just like, you know what? I actually don't think I can actually watch that one again, which is actually really funny to say. But yeah, no. And then um, the um, his name escapes me. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to read his name. But um, the one that played um, the uh, the Indian, the one that's supposed to be the spiritual guide for the family. Yes, he was. He he was an actual. He was an actual Indian, an actual an actual spiritual where he actually blessed the set because they were they were so fearful that like that something was possessing the set. So he actually did like a spiritual blessing around the entire set. And then he was he was the picture of health. And then as soon as production end, a few months later, he died of m- mysterious circumstances. Crazy. It's like they could, you know, it's just things like that. It's it's 
you know, you're just like, you know, you're inviting this type of stuff in and it's like. And again, another example of meeting a young priest and an old priest, again, another movie that they felt they needed to bring somebody on here to, to bless the set. And, yeah, you know, uh, oddly enough, another movie, which um, I had actually, for some reason, I, I guess I had noticed it had just been added uh, to um, HBO Max. And especially since we were doing uh, this episode, I noticed that The Craft was on. And The Craft, mm. no, not not a great, you know, movie in comparison to the other two that we just spoke about, uh, spoke about, but it's a 90s. Yeah, movie. I know. I get movie. it. It's corny. I mean, I like it, uh, but I've always, I've always liked witches and stuff like that. So that's always been kind of my thing. And of course, you know, I do like the, the female aspect of it, of it being like an all female cast kind of thing. But yeah. again, one of those other movies where you know, especially that this is a movie actually dealing with witchcraft. Again, they also had they had someone on there who I guess was an occultist that came onto the set to actually, I guess, you know, maintain things and teach him how to actually, you know, actually say some of these rituals and things like that. And one of the things that I ended up reading was there is a scene in the movie where, um, they're at the beach and they're calling mm -hmm. the four corners and all of that. And it sound it apparently one of the rituals when they were actually reciting it, it actually started to bring the tide up and was making the weather kind of go almost a little haywire. And the yeah. consultant that they had on set actually said, well, you know, the incantation that you're essentially saying is something that actually is used to control the sea and stuff like that. And even he said that it is one of the strangest occurrences that he's ever witnessed and said that he is, that they're all lucky that they weren't swept away into the ocean. So yeah, again, how well, you do have, you dismiss um... this? You can't, I mean, if you're going to bring that in, get ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's even get what you wish even, for, you know, something that, you know, uh, a lot of people may not know, but, um, the passion of the Christ, um, there were scenes where Jim Caviezel's character was, you know, where they had him hanging on the cross. The cross was actually struck by lightning. Right. That's right. Yes. I remember that. I do remember that. And then like, and then there were instances where, you know, on the scenes where they were, you know, the soldiers were beating him. Like they actually, like there were instances where they actually hit him for real. Right. And, you know, obviously they were trying to make, you know, the movie about uh, Jesus's crucifixion and, and, you know, you could only imagine how authentic they were trying to go. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, those are those type of instances where it's like, you know, like that, you know, higher power. It's like, you know, when in the craft, like you said, you know, they were doing incantations that were actually real and bringing on these, these forces and, you know, they had never seen anything like that. And then obviously passion of the Christ, you're going, uh, you're depicting one of the, one of the biggest stories there to ever be told to, in history, to mankind. Right. And, and then, you know, the scene of the crucifixion, you know, being struck by lightning. It's one of those things where it's like. It's like, okay, you know, it, I get it. Like, I hear you up there. Higher, I hear you, know, you up there. You know, there. you know, there is a higher power. Yeah. So, but, um, 
and this and the list can just go on and on i mean you have movies like amityville horror that's another one where all sorts of strange occurrences happened on that set and i mean i it, it's endless it's an endless list i'm sure oh no i if you were to see my notes i have like movies upon movies here i have uh, uh apocalypse now which is like you know it was a miracle that that movie was even made yeah with all the problems that they were having in that movie, but not only production, but obviously with Marlon Brando, basically not wanting to, to basically work. He came in super out of shape, didn't learn any of his lines, but yet the movie was finished and it became uh, an Academy Award winning movie. Right. <laughs> Amazing. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, there's just so many, I mean, I mean, we didn't even touch on, you know, the omen, which has, <laughs> yes. A laundry list. Oh my god! Of of curses on that one yep. too. I mean, from, when you're you know, when you're dealing with the number six 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 tattooed again on a, the back of a kid's yeah. head again with the children, it's amazing. Well, no, that will. I mean, just kind of harping on what you just said right there about the 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 six six six. When the movie was over, and uh, the I think it was the assistant director and his girlfriend, I think somebody else were going off to. To work on the next movie they were involved in a car accident yep and I think two of them passed away but the way that they passed away was oh i think i lost you there oh yeah you might want to hit pause oh yeah i forgot what oh what i was saying was uh yeah that um, that both of the that um, the assistant's girlfriend and and the other person in the car passed away, and but the but the manner that they died going with was this. that their heads were decapitated, just like in the movie. And where it happened, there was a sign that said, "Omen kilometers right point six 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 Obviously, Omen was spelled a little bit different. It had another M, and the 666 was the kilometers. So it was like you're 66.6. But it's like one of those things where you're like, okay, that sounds a little bit, you know, too on on the money, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think even the animal trainer in the movie, I guess, you know, from the baboons, uh, just, you know, was attacked yeah. and uh, they, you know, they were killed the very next day. I, I, I mean, again, if you're going to mess with this stuff, like you said, and you're going to invite it in, like this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And no, it looks like I, they're. Uh, and is this also another one that's also part of uh, the documentary series? Uh, the Omen, yes. Uh, yeah. The um, I would say on the documentary series, you could look at it. You got the Omen is on there. Poltergeist is on there. Uh, the Crow is on there, um, The Exorcist, and then uh, kind of like one that uh, I haven't touched on, but it's one that when I saw it, because I remember watching the movie when I was younger, but I, you know, never really, you know, because it was another movie directed by Steven Spielberg, but also directed by John Landis, which was the Twilight Zone movie. Yes, which was, you know, very famous curse. He, you know, he wanted to, you know, Steven Spielberg and John Landis were both 
huge fans of the Twilight Zone series and they wanted to make, you know, their own like kind of like anthology of, you know, Twilight Zone and, you know, one of the uh, one of the things because because I watched the documentary and I had, and I had no idea about this and like watching it I almost got a little bit choked up because yeah. of the of what happened on set which was during one of the scenes um, where one of the actors is carrying two children with him and he's because mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of doing like a reenactment of Vietnam as one of the anthologies and he's he's running 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 and they have a the helicopter above head but the explosions were just too much they were just explosions explosions you know because they're trying to make it look like vietnam of course and the the airplane lost i mean uh the helicopter just lost control and just crashed right into um the actor and the two children killing them instantly what a horrific death and i and and i'm like uh, it's actually one of the. Um, I think it's the last episode on the, on the on the documentary. But it's one of the ones that when I watch it, it's just like it like. I guess because like since I'm a parent now and I have a child, oh. mm-hmm. it just like it just hit me so hard because I'm just like you know because they were explaining about how the parents were there, the parents were on set watching all this, and. And as much as I want to say, like, oh, it was, you know, like, oh, that set was cursed. That was cursed. And in reality, like, that was just just pure negligence on the right. on the director, on the on the studio, and on everybody on production, because those kids should not have been there. Because they were, you know, they were um, they were talking about labor laws for children, mm-hmm. and how they were they were supposed to be done by like six or seven o'clock and they were working till like 12 one o'clock in the morning and how it could have been just totally avoided and then just having to watch these parents watch your child pretty much die right in front of you and it's just like it hit me like it like like it just hit me because i'm just like i don't know like i was like it was, just, it, it was rough. I mean, like that was probably the one out of, out of all of them. Obviously, the the crow one hit me because obviously mm-hmm. I'm a huge Brandon Lee fan. Um, right. But yeah, that one. Like I said, Shutter. I'm yeah. giving you free publicity uh, no, right uh, here. It's you, like, you have to. No, watch you've it. sold me. Yeah, no, you've sold me. You've sold me because again, if there is, you know, when you're somebody who is a movie fan. You don't just love movies. You love movies about movies. You love documentaries about movies, movies upon movies upon movies. So, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm going to have to check out. Because I, would, I, would, I would recommend it. I would like just... you said, we, you know, we're, we barely have scratched the surface. I mean, if they are going to come out with a whole other season, yeah. imagine, can only imagine. But, part two. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we would definitely, I would definitely love to have you back. Um, so, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on here. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, I haven't seen this. <laughs> I haven't seen Frank in a very long time. And so, this it's, is actually, yeah. it's actually been really nice. This podcast is bringing people together, guys. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've, I mean, I think we met. I want to say probably 
2005, 2006, I think we met. Something like that. Something like that. And then, like, yeah, we, you know, we kind of just, like, lost touch because obviously, you know. Uh, As things you know, happen. Things happen in life. Uh, but we always kind of just stayed connected through through social media, you know, kind of yeah. just like, you know, through post here, post here. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, like it was it like, sure enough, the pandemic hit. And then like, you know, we just, you know, we just started talking, you know, through yeah. through the power of social want media. want that human connection. You yeah. Know? So and, the, it, yeah. and it is funny, you know, you know, like everything else, everything has its, you know, everything has its good and bad, you know. Lord knows I'm, I am obsessed with Twitter. I'm on it all the time. Um, but at the same time, I sometimes actually want to throw my phone out the window because of all, you know, the crap that I see on Twitter. But at the same point, it led me to this podcast and it's, you know, I've met some really incredible people and, you know, I really love everyone that, you know, follows this podcast and has been so well welcoming to me and you know i i also want to thank you very much for you know being such an advocate for this podcast and also giving me the the confidence to do this and giving me the pep talk to go ahead and do this well no i mean it's yeah it's it's yeah this podcast i mean i mean luckily i found this podcast you know because you were telling me like oh they're gonna put me on a podcast i'm like what that's awesome i gotta listen to it now (laughs) so then like you know obviously like i've been you know uh, listening to the podcast, you know, trying to listen to as much of the back catalog as possible, especially now, you know, since, you know, I'm pretty much driving all day, you know, I like, I need something to, to do. Listen. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm either listening to music or radio or yeah. podcast. So I'm like, I gotta listen to something. This is survival but, people. This is how we survive right now in this day and age under a pandemic. This is all no, yeah, got. It, 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 it totally is. But no, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been so cool, you know, uh, reconnecting and, um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 I mean, yeah, being, being able to do this has been, it's been awesome. And I also want to thank you further. I was actually told that you're actually a patron of ours now. So thank you yeah. very much for that. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, so uh, I hope, you know, everyone has enjoyed this topic. Again, we talked about so much, you know. Are these movie curses truly hocus pocus? Uh, is there a higher being, you know, controlling this stuff? Or like we ended with um, with the Twilight Zone movie, is it just pure negligence on, you know, on the part of, you know, everyone on set? But um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter um, at Scarif Podcast. And as always, we always welcome your feedback and any suggestions for topics that, you know, maybe you'd like to hear on the show. Uh, and you can always leave us a message at 773-234-8659. And Frank, if you could please take us out and just give us a that's the scuttlebutt. And that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. 
So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Network.